0: Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. On today's show, we're talking to one of the authors of this great book, Designing Your Life, How to Build a Well-Lived, Joyful Life. This book is written by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans, and Dave Evans is going to join us in just a little bit. In Designing Your Life, Bill Burnett and Dave Evans put forth the question, about life that we all ask about one's meaning and purpose in the world. Questions such as, how do I find a job that I like or maybe even love? How do I balance my career with my family? How can I make a difference in the world? We all want the answers to these questions. We're just not sure how to go about finding them, or where or how to begin. And we feel that we don't really have the tools to find our way. Designers love questions, but what they really love is reframing questions. The reframing for the question, what do I want to be when I grow up, is, what do I want to grow into? This is what Designing Your Life promises to show us. How to find what we want to do now, at any age, and how to answer who we want to grow into tomorrow. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Dave Evans. Hi, Dave. Good Good morning. Good morning. I want to tell you, the theme of my show is Get the Funk Out. And as I'm reading through your book, I'm thinking... I remember being a college grad and thinking, "Oh my gosh, now what?"
1: Exactly, what I've referred to as the decision explosion. You know, you, you know, you're supposed to, you know, do well in school and get into the right college and then, you know, get in the right dorm and make the right friends and get the right major. And if you do all that, everything's going to work out great. And yeah, then finally sure. you get to be a senior, and then everybody goes, "So, what do you want to do now?" They kind of go, "Yeah, I want that great thing. I want it to be great. I did all the right stuff. Where's the where's the cookie?" You know, and right. then they kind of go, "Yeah, well, whatever you want." Kind of like, "Oh, what's that?" moment and I don't know how to manage this moment now it, it is pretty
0: demanding it is it is and it's a whole new world before we get into your book I was really intrigued by the fact that you stayed so positive at least I assume you did during so many different <laughs> career changes I mean you had dreams of following Jack Cousteau which is so cool by the All way right. you want to talk about that and a little bit about your backstory
1: yeah sure, my, I mean it, there were certainly a lot of those transitions which were involuntary I mean, so you know I went to college you know, in the 70s you know um yeah, you know, I was a, I was a, I'm a boomer and very much you know, during the Vietnam War and all that stuff. So it was a pretty exciting and energized time. But I thought I was going to be involved in, in marine biology and saving the seas. And, frankly, I, I thought I wanted to do that because I liked the Jacques Cousteau TV show. It was not a particularly well-thought-out strategy. <laughs> I stuck with that way too long. then I, I, you know, I majored in mechanical engineering just because I needed a degree before my, my uh Scholarship ran out mm-hmm. uh, while I was in mechanical engineering. I bumped into the energy crisis that happened in '73 and went, oh, "Okay, I'll
0: work on that." How did you keep positive? Because you know, it's easy. I know I bounced from careers and things. It's easy to think, "Okay, am I making the right decisions here?"
1: It is. In fact, the first couple of changes in my twenties. We're not particularly happy. I mean, I may sound cheerful in retrospect, but at the time, I was thinking the kind of things that people often do, like, "Oh man, this didn't work out. I blew it. Now, what do I do?" I mean, number one, when, when I when I finally figured out that the world didn't want to work on advanced energy technologies in the late '70s, that was not in the brochure of my master's degree, um, and I suddenly realized the energy crisis wasn't going to get that. Well, that was about 40 years too soon. If I if I came out of college today trying to do the stuff I was trying to do in 1976, my timing would have been perfect. So that was really pretty heartbreaking. And then, you know, I sort of did it the brute force way a couple of times and then began to have the success of doing interesting work and then realized I could start figuring out how to figure it out. And that was really the trick. The issue wasn't to suddenly just know the answer. It was to learn how to figure it out. And you figure it out by talking to lots of people, by doing things, by trying to translate your interests into activities that the world was actually performing at the time, um, which is exactly the kind of thing we teach in the book. Yes. It just took me a really long, hard way to get there, so we thought maybe we could actually write this down and give people a manual.
0: I think it's fantastic. So let's get into the book. What exactly is design thinking? What makes it so different from regular old thinking?
1: Well, there's lots of kinds of thinking. We talk about, you know, there's engineering thinking that uses equations to solve well-understood problems. There's business thinking to optimize our response to marketplaces. There's analytics or research thinking. We use it at Stanford to, you know, research new things to get Nobel Prizes. And design thinking is an approach to the kind of problems that you can't just analyze your way to answer to, but you have to build your way to an answer to. We call them wicked problems. Mm-hmm. Design thinking is really good for where we get good at deeply understanding the situation through empathy, then having a bunch of different ideas about which problem we ought to be working on and what we could do about it. Then take those ideas and not jump to the answer, but take those ideas and do prototypes, little experiments. We can do fast and quick and dirty to learn more about the fact that we know we don't know what we're doing yet because we're all trying to invent this thing called the future. Well, we haven't been in the future yet. Right. I haven't been in my future Dave yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't been in the future Deneen yet. So you can't necessarily think it up right the first time. you got to try, experiment, and iterate. So prototype iteration is really the core of design thinking. It's a method for coming up with an innovative solution by actually doing things in the real world with these learning experiments.
0: Yes, and I would imagine it's less stressful if you're not putting your your pressure on your future self, you know, what you think you should be doing. We're putting
1: a lot less pressure. We say, set the bar low, do it again, and repeat. Right now, a lot of the kind of stuff we hear in the culture is, are you being your amazing self? Are you sure this is really your passion? Is this really it? You know, and we, we we seem to think that the encouraging thing to do is to set the bar incredibly high, inhumanely high, right. and then watch people fail. Yes. That's not helpful.
0: Right. I agree. What's, what's also intrigued me is you say you're not too late and you're not too early, and you talk about how design thinking is really useful to anyone at any age. Could you talk about that?
1: Sure. The first step in the design process is accept. We see you can't solve a problem you're not willing to have, and, we're, and you are right. There's a great big one of those red dots that says you are here, like on a locator map in an airport, that's hung over the offices of our grad students at the design loft at Stanford. Mm-hmm. To remind everybody, you have to begin exactly where you are. I promise you, Janine, if it all comes out happy in the end, it will have gone through a place that looks exactly like where you are today. So, we just accept reality. Yes. And whether you're a 22 year old college student that's just about to go get your graduation and launch into the world, or you're a 45 year old person in the middle of a career wondering, how did I get here? Or you're a 58 year old thinking, maybe it's time to stop doing that thing I've done for 15 years and go do something I haven't even thought of before. Whoever you are, that yeah. question of what do I want to do for the rest of my life really matters to me. Right. And I don't necessarily have the answer. Sure. So, the approach we take to that is get curious, go talk to some people, start trying some things, curate your curiosity, grow your curiosity through empirical encounters, and that can start turning into interests that become pathways.
0: I just find this so intriguing because, again, I I switched different careers, I mean, I always wanted to be a writer. I minored in journalism and radio and never did anything until later on. I think people have to be more patient and learn to, people say, enjoy the ride. I think you need to understand that every step can can guide you towards designing your life, and everything can build on finding that endpoint.
1: Absolutely, and in fact, w- even framing it around that the point is getting to the endpoint is not the point. Right. When you say enjoy the ride, that's not like the consolation prize.
0: I know. People who can't figure it out. That's actually the reality of what life is about. Yes. One thing we we'll, I'll often be uh, presenting to you, the inbound 400 members of the of the new MBA
1: class at the GSB. That's Hope to be unable to talk right now about what it is you're going to be doing ten years from today because it doesn't even exist yet.
0: <laughs> wow. And you know, tree the people raise their hand. I kind of go, "Great." Yes. So if you know that you want to be doing something that
1: doesn't even exist yet, why are you all trying to figure out exactly what it is you want? You can't know because it's not even there yet. Yes. So the whole point is to live in such a way that I'm gonna grow for the rest of my life and things are going to change I'm not trying to find it I'm trying to do a really worthwhile version of my life right now as best I can mm-hmm. enjoy it learn from it grow in it and I'm gonna I, I expect it to grow something else too I'm never gonna be done I just want to live well
0: yes uh, yeah I want to live a meaningful life and keep learning and growing at any age
1: absolutely that's, well. That's to live a meaningful life or an impactful life. And Mm -hmm. the best way to do that is connect the dots. You connect the dots of understanding who I am, what I believe, and what I'm doing. Now, they they may not perfectly align. We call this living the coherent life. Can you describe why is it what you're doing matters to you? And if you can figure that out, including the compromises that come with living in the real world, we're all getting partial credit. All of life is a partial credit essay test. It's not a true, false, right, wrong test you know, then that really helps people have the experience of, yeah, you know, this is working for me.
0: Yeah. I feel like some of the messages in your book is you're teaching also resilience, because life can be very challenging and filled with all these ups and downs. As I talk about, you know, we're getting a funk sometimes, career, personally, whatever it is. One of the things I do want to touch on is how do you incorporate design thinking into our everyday lives?
1: So one of the things we talk about, is how is a uh, big issue is how do you frame the question. Mm-hmm. And in the end of everyday life of what people are doing, one of the most common things they run into is, boy, I've really got a work-life balance problem. And if you frame that challenge as being the dichotomy between work versus life, and that's the way people tend to hold on, it, like it's a teeter-totter, more work, less life, more life, less work, which one's the right one? You know, that's a false dichotomy.
0: Mm-hmm. So like
1: frame the question more generatively. And so we have the thing called the life dashboard, which is there are four primary components to keep in mind of your thriving of life experiences than they are uh, love, play, work, and health, okay. you know, because every life wants to have some of love, love and play for, you know, generative, you know, joy, you know, certainly we, we need work and we want to be healthy, you know, healthy in lots of ways, physically, spiritually, socially. And so we just tell people, look, assess where, how you're doing right now. And we're not going for the right answer. We're just going for, if you could change one of those four things a little bit, a little more or a little less, and you don't have to change the other ones, mm-hmm. what would that small change be? Again, experiment with that, try it for two weeks, see if that works for you or not, is life a little bit better? That's a prototype. You know, so that's a way, that, in a very small way, let's say I want a little more love in my life. Well, okay, how about when I get home from work, I actually walk the dog. I walk the dog for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. because the dog loves to go outside. If the dog is happy, uh, the, the dog will, I can actually buy happiness at the price of a dog. You know. <laughs> And I can actually have a little more affection in my life because the dog is reliably affectionate if I take him for a walk. Okay, yes. that's a very small thing I could do. It's an example of prototyping a behavioral change that will allow you to design a little better life. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the big transition. I'm going to jump out of broadcasting into surgery. I you know, spend 12 <laughs> years in training and go $300,000 in debt. Right. Oh, okay, that's a big change. How about just try walking the dog? See if that works.
0: Yes, perfect. I love it. Now, tell me, you uh, teach a class on life design. Where where did that all come from? How did you develop it?
1: Well, you know, it really started when I was a 19-year-old and had no idea what to do. And and I found college a great place to learn lots of things you could do in life, but learn almost nothing about life. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, how
1: do you manage life? How do you figure life out? You know, it starts with the assumption, you know, the answer. So by the time I was done with, you know, my first three careers, you know, uh, Bill Burnett, who now runs the we ran with just a few students, and it went really well, really quickly. Um, And we started that 10 years ago. So we're 10 years in now, and we've got a lab with, you know, six people in it, and teach courses to people all the way from freshman to postdocs. And now we wrote the book, and, you know, this thing kind
0: of blew up in our hands. Fantastic. I actually was thinking this would be a great, maybe even an online course for high school students, because sometimes you go off to college and you think, now what? I don't even know my major. we,
1: we finally went online. In fact, just just. Just recently, the uh, Designing Your Life online course is now available. So creativelive.org. We, were, we worked uh, together with one of the major online training companies called Creative Live. Okay. Uh, and, so you, and the reason we wrote the book was because everybody keeps saying, oh, that sounds so interesting. Can I take your class? We go, well, if you're not one of the 16,000 people at Stanford, actually the answer is no. Oh, and we yeah. got really tired of saying no right. for almost 10 years. So we wrote the book, so the answer is yes. And then people read the book, and then they still say, can I take the class? So we did the online version. So now there's a, there's a book. There's an online class. So we're trying to make this thing available to everybody.
0: Perfect. I think it's, by the way, outstanding. You're one of the co-founders of Electronic Arts. That's true. Amazing. I think I did a voiceover project for them years ago for one of their projects. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I loved it. Before we wrap, where can people find out more about you?
1: So, we got a website, of course, and it's just the title of the book with a dot in it. It's Designing Your Dot Life, L I F E. So, if you go to Designing Your Dot Life, you can sign up for a newsletter. You can read more, lots of articles and blogs and video clips. So, lots of resources there. All the worksheets for the exercises in the book are downloadable from the website to make it easy for you to print. We're just trying to make it easy.
0: Fantastic. And are you on Twitter or Facebook? We are. You are.
1: Um, so, you, yep. Yeah, so, and you know, all that's listed at the website as well. Okay. Oh, so, DYL, the book. So, you know, hashtag D-O-Y-L the book, and uh, we'd be glad to hear from you.
0: Perfect. Dave, thank you so much for calling into the show. Thanks
1: for talking to us. Take
0: care. You too. Bye-bye. We've been talking with Dave Evans, one of the co-authors with Bo Burnett, of Designing Your Life, How to Build a Well-Lived, Joyful Life. If you missed any part of this show, we'll be up on the blog. Get Org.